Hey, everybody. I'm Ted. He's Drew. She's Tootsis. And this is Vikings Report. Yeah. Now, normally, normally uh, we, we do our little TV show tribute, but we're going to switch it up tonight. I got a little I got a couple trivia questions. It's going to be Ted's trivia. We're going to kick it off with trivia tonight. What? Yeah. You never asked trivia, man. What's I, up with I you? I know. I know. I'm kind of fired up about it. <laughs> Pretty happy about it, I must say. What up, Ted Glover? Not a lot, Drew. What's up with you? Ah, same old, same old. Just getting new league year starting, free agency starting today. Pretty exciting around the league. No, we haven't got anybody. Tunsis, how are you? Um, I'm doing good, but whenever DB signed, I heard about it. I looked over at the TV, and I broke my neck, so... Out six to eight weeks. <laughs> I'm going to be out six to eight weeks. Sorry, guys. Two minutes remaining. Unless they do that. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, man. Oh, all right. So, anyways, we're I starting off with trivia. trivia. You got trivia? Show me some trivia. I do. Okay. I got two trivia questions. Okay. On September 11th, 1989, this player was on the Sports Illustrated cover. I believe it was his first cover, and it was titled The Ultimate Weapon. Do you know who that player was? Ted, what did I tell you about the 80s with me? Touche. This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> okay. I All do right. not know. I do not know. I'll give you one more chance. Second <laughs> okay. question. He was teammates with Chris Carter on two separate occasions. Uh, and those, those two separate time periods were eight years apart. Uh, Reggie White. I don't know, Ted. Ruby, you got any hints? Any ideas? Um, any guesses? Well, what's happening there, Drew and Ted? Randall Cunningham here. What'd it be like up in the house? I was uh, summoned by Ruby. Ruby said that you guys have started an awesome new venture, and it's going really well. Well, I just got to let you know. Keep up the good work. Keep up the awesome work. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I hear you're big, huge Vikings fans. Woo-hoo-hoo! And that you guys loved, loved, loved it when we were playing at the Vikings. Man, we were trying to get it done back in 1998. Man, we didn't get it done. But I tell you what, I'm happy that I played for the Vikings that year. Pretty amazing. Anyway, I miss my boys, Chris Carter and Jake Reed and Randy Moss and Hatchet and Robert Smith, Andrew Glover, Denny Green, the late Denny Green. I miss my boys. Anyway, you be blessed, all right? Keep up the good work, guys. Randall's out. That's right. Oh! Randall Cunningham. No way! Randall! That what up, dog? That was the answer to your trivia question. What do you think about you like apples, Drew? I, what do you think of them apples? <laughs> do you like apples? Yeah. How do you like them apples? <laughs> that was badass, dude. Oh, he looks like he's in a great mood, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Talking about the 98 season. Oh, man. That is very, very special. We are off and running with episode 12 with that. We are off and running. And the answer is Randall Cunningham. There you go. The answer is Randall Cunningham, the, 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 the great Vikings quarterback. Also, you know, everybody talks about the 98 season. 
Do you remember the 1997 playoff game against the Giants where, where Cunningham and Jake Reed, were, the Vikings were, were down yes. late in the fourth quarter? Yes. Had, had, had seemingly had no shot to win that game. Cunningham throws that late touchdown to Jake Reed. They get the ball back. They go down, kick the field goal, Den- win Denny Green's uh, very first playoff game. It was all cold and rainy. In the Meadowlands, yeah. Sure I remember that day. I remember that game. That was a great, great Vikings win. All right. So, uh, That's thank awesome, you, dude. Isn't it? Sure. And this is episode 12. And he was number 12, 12. when he was in Philadelphia. Oh, see how it all comes around the show. Roll. <laughs> the show. Full circle, baby. Full time, circle. Is a, time is a flat circle, baby. Someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're going to do over and over and over again. That is really, <laughs> thank you so much, Randall Cunningham. Thank you, Randall Cunningham. Really appreciate that. So uh, it would be cool if we had um, the Randall Cunningham jersey, but we've already talked quarterbacks. We've already talked about uh, Fran Tarkins on our quarterback night. So tonight, though, we're going to be talking to offensive linemen and who do we have behind us for our jersey tribute this evening, Drew? Since we are talking about the guards tonight, we'll put up one of the greatest guards, not only in Vikings history, but in NFL history. It's with great honor to bring to you Ed White. Ed White was the man. Oh, Ed White was the man, man. Always. Ed White. That guy, dominating Vikings player, one of my favorite Vikings of all time, from my hometown down San Diego. La Mesa. Really? Well, he's from La Mesa, Spring Valley, Lemon Grove. They're all the three cities that are kind of tied to each other. Uh, you could walk between cities in a matter of an hour. They're that close. They're just like three cities all making up one town. Okay. And uh, he's from La Mesa, which you know, I was from Spring Valley. That's where I went to high school. But uh, from the same stomping grounds, Ed White. He was NFL strongman. That's what he was noted for, Ted. Back in an era where there were no 20-year-round uh, training programs, there was no off-season weightlifting. In the off-season, guys went and sold cars or insurance for the most part. Uh, Ed White was was hands down the strongest man in the NFL. I, he he won the NFL Ironman or Strongman competition. I believe he won an arm wrestling competition, yes. didn't he? Yes, he did. I don't think um, anybody ever beat him. I think he's uh, undefeated in the arm wrestling. And people talk about the Purple People Eaters and what a great defensive line they were, and, and they were truly tremendous. And uh, this is not to take anything away from them, but but people kind of overlook the offensive line of that era too, with Ed White and Ron Yeri and Mick Tinglehoff and Milt Sunday. And, and that was, that was as talented an offensive line as the purple people eaters were a defensive line. He was when uh, Ed got here, second round pick in 1969 out of Cal. I don't know how many people know he played defensive line at Cal. He was like, a tremendous a matter of fact, in 1970, when the Vikings had a bunch of injuries toward the end of the season, he played defensive line for the Vikings for a couple of games. Um, but Did he, he really, yeah, he got, he was very good defensive line. A matter of fact, I had heard somebody talk about how Ed had said to them, somebody that had spoken with him about how he thought he would have been a better NFL player if he was left on the defensive side of the ball his whole career. No kidding. Now, did he, did he play both ways at Cal? Did he play offense line and defensive line at Cal? I, I believe so. Yes. You, he, dude, he, they said he played quarterback once and actually caught a couple passes. He played everywhere on that team. The knowledge bombs you are <laughs> dropping, Drew Bunting. I, I, had, I had no idea of any of this. He got, <laughs> he, 
he's on the Hall of Fame team for Cal, probably one of the greatest players in their history. He got to uh, Minnesota in 69, didn't really become a starter until 71, but he, when he started, his first four seasons were at left guard over there. But because of, because of some injuries, he had to play left guard. He never he always probably wanted to play right guard. It's where he got switched to in 1975. He went over to right guard. And Tinglehoff, Tinglehoff, White, and Yeri, you remember those Those guys were just, I mean, that was the best right side in football for six years. Yep. Uh, he went over there, played right guard from 75 till 77. Right before the 78 season, of course, was the big trade. I just didn't get traded a lot back in those days, Ted, when we were kids. Trades were pretty rare. It didn't happen that often. And uh, I was in San Diego. All my family were all Charger Charger fans. And I came out of bedroom one morning, and they said, Ed White's going to the Chargers. And I said, you're all on meth. There's no way the Vikings are <laughs> First off, we should backtrack. Ed White needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Ted. Yes, he does. Let's, I, let's get I, that. I should have started out with that, because that's the first most important thing. It's Ed White. Come on, people. Get amen. it in the Hall of 17 seasons in the NFL, 241 games. Matter of fact, when he retired in 85, no offensive lineman played more games than Ed White. Nope. How the hell is he not in the Hall of Fame? What? 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 Yes, man. It's, this is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Durable, uh, consistent all-pro. Not not pro bowler like the, the farce it is today, but, but AP all-pro. When it was really, really something to be a pro bowler. Um, when it was, when it was really a, a fairly prestigious award. That's right. And and he's one of the few guys. I think he played almost an equal amount of time with the Chargers, and then uh, after he got traded, that he did with the Vikings. And he played for some great Chargers teams too. The oh. Air Coriel teams with Don Coriel and Dan Fouts and and John Jefferson and Chuck Muncie. So he was he was a lead blocker for for Chuck Muncie, Chuck Foreman, just some of the the great more unheralded backs in NFL history, too. He was a Hall of Famer for both teams. He was. He, went he really was. He nine seasons with the Vikings, eight with the Chargers, and when he went over to San Diego, he became like the anchor to their offensive line. I mean, they had Don Masick, Russ Washington, and the late Doug Wilkerson. Doug Wilkerson, which we just, he just passed away. Rest in peace. Uh, they had some great offensive lines there in San Diego also. Really, really tremendous player, Ed White. Yeah, I have more respect for him probably than any offensive lineman I've ever seen play. I, yeah. I love that guy's game. So, Ed White, hat tip to you, sir. I uh, hope you make it into the Hall of Fame soon because you and Jim Marshall are, are by far uh, the two most, not deserving Minnesota Vikings, but I would argue the two most deserving players that are, are not yet wearing a gold jacket. Very well said, Smitty. Firmly entrenched, should be in the Hall of Fame. Don't know why he's overlooked. Really a joke. Get That's the best. Together. That's the best. Get your shit together. Don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Real down-to-earth player. Mocha Frappuccino, extra ice, firmly entrenched to the number one position on my big menu board. Let's take a look at my mock coffee drink draft. Um, you know, what's funny is one of the cities that I talked about earlier with the three tight end towns, Spring Valley, La Mesa, and Lemon Grove. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in the course of Facebook over the few years, I was talking to somebody about the big lemon. Lemon Grove has this giant lemon in the middle of the city. Yeah, I don't know. It's for it. when tourists always come. They come to your house. And say, "What's with the lemon, dude?" Like, I don't know, dude. It's just a, a lot of stuff went on at the lemon too. Let me tell you, in high school, we used to do a lot of weird shit at the lemon. But a 
conversation got started on Facebook and Ed White chimed in and said, my dad did the original stucco work on the Big Lemon. <laughs> and we laughed about that because it's just fun when you're driving through and you've never been in Lemon Grove, you see this giant lemon, you're thinking, that's kind of weird. <laughs> so Yeah, we even have a tie to the Big Lemon. That's pretty cool. It is. It is pretty cool. Ed White. And then Ed White's now got the edwhiteart.com. You want to see some great art? You go there, edwhiteart.com. That guy has some fabulous paintings, man. Really, really good stuff. Extremely uh, accomplished artist. I, I would, as accomplished an artist off the field as he was a football player on. All right, Ed White. Um, speaking of the Vikings, first day of free agency. I, I don't know if you caught our Monday show. I hope you did. We were on live uh, for, for the very first day of, of legal tampering as uh, our, our third Co-host Chris Gates said, if it's legal, it's not tampering. If it's tampering, it's not legal. Uh, and we not too long after we logged off, um, the Vikings finally made some noise, and they made a couple of signings. Uh, they got defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants and linebacker Nick Candlelight Vigil from the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about Vigil, but he's essentially the Eric Wilson replacement. Uh, let's talk about Tomlinson, the big one, Drew. What are your thoughts on him? <laughs> I thought of something. Is it St. Patrick's Day? It is St. Patrick's Day. Should we have Tommy Kramer's jersey up here today? <laughs> <laughs> uh, TK, what up, dog? What up to you? What up to Ed White? This is a great show today. Yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson, first time a team's ever had two Dalvins on it at the same time in NFL history. In NFL history, and the Vikings have Dalvin Cook and now Dalvin Tomlinson. You want a tasty, tasty tidbit? Can't I do. Me? I do. Dalvin Tomlinson is the only player left from the 2000, 2017 NFL draft that hasn't missed a game. Only one. Really? He's the only one left. Uh, Bowles, who plays offensive line for the Broncos, missed one game last year, and they were neck and neck for the tie. So, now, now that means if he comes here after four years of playing every game and he gets hurt week one, the Vikings are definitely jinxed because we are the team that hurts people. Yeah. I like him. I like him. The more I did a lot of research last night, and it, it, he was – talk about firmly entrenched in the community and with the team in New York. I don't think they wanted to lose him. That guy was really big in the locker room, really big with the fans. Uh, Walter Payton, man of the year, all that, you know, all that stuff. He was like nominated for all that stuff. He's a great guy. High, high character, big integrity guy. I don't think they wanted to lose him. He ended up, uh, 207 tackles, 21 tackles for loss and eight sacks with the giants. Uh, pretty disruptive on the inside. I, I had heard that the, that's why they cut snacks Harrison loose because of how he was playing Tomlinson. So I'm really happy with the signing. I'm very happy with the signing. You, you know, you watch, uh, you 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 do research into him, and you look at him, and and you read the articles from the New York press about him leaving. And like you said, they, the fans on Twitter were very upset he was leaving. If you checked out any Giants fans on Twitter, um, but they're kind of there. There was this 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 of, of Vikings fans that just said, "Well, why, why did they sign him? He's a he's a nose tackle, just like Michael Pierce, a three technique guy, and the and the Vikings need a a three technique guy, and you know the the nose tackle." was kind of like your, your run stuffing defensive tackle and your three technique guy is is more the guy that puts on pressure on the quarterback on passing downs. I mean, I get they both do both things, but 
right. if one specializes in one, one specializes in the other. And so they thought, well, this is kind of redundant, but it looks like they're going to move Tomlinson over to that three technique slot opposite of Pierce uh, because he played it uh, almost, oh, I think a little bit over 40% of the, of the snaps he was in last year. And he didn't do too bad. I, so I, I, I'm really kind of liking this, this setup that the Vikings got with, with their defensive line, especially on the interior now. I like it better over there at three technique. Um, so a lot of stuff he did at Alabama was over off that, in that B gap to the right mm-hmm. side of the guard. Um, I liken it almost to the point where like when Warren Sapp moved from nose over to three technique and he started using his quickness to get through that gap, his, his career took off after that. Um, I like where they're going to be playing him. He and Pierce are going to be, you're not, you're going to like that combo. You know, they're again, and I, I don't, I mean, I get he's not a natural three technique, but I, I would argue there's probably guys based on age and, and contract that they got um, uh, Tomlinson for that you probably couldn't have gotten a better guy uh, in, in terms of a pure three technique I think than, so you, than you got in Tomlinson and you can move him. And now you've got a, a demonstrably better run defense than, than Minnesota had last year. I mean, if you think, if you think Dalvin Tomlinson was a bad signing, I would I would invite you to pop in the Vikings versus Saints game from late in the last year where <laughs> Dalvin Cook is or not Dalvin Cook. Alvin Kamara is still running and yeah. still scoring touchdowns. Um, so I, I think it's it's going to it's a tremendous upgrade. I mean, losing Shamar St- Stefan was addition by subtraction anyways, but adding a run stopper like Tomlinson, who is a, a, a significantly better uh, pass rusher and a guy that can put pressure on the pocket. Than, than Stefan ever could is, I just think, a significant upgrade. And I, I, I'm a big fan of the signing. I am a big fan of that signing, too. And it, they might end up going – Zimmer might end up going Jimmy Johnson somewhere in the season saying three technique, nose technique, zero technique. I don't care. Just get in there and destroy the pocket. And now, I think they're going to work well together. I think they're going to work really well together. I think they will, too. Now, if they can get Daniil Hunter back, you've got, you got three guys on your defensive line in, in Tomlinson, Pierce – and Hunter and, and, and brother, that's a, that's, and just for now, I guess, Stephen Weatherly, because Fetty Adenabo uh, is not coming back to the Vikings. He's, he's gone and leaving and probably not coming back. So Weatherly, if nothing else, but I'm sure they're looking to upgrade that defensive end position as well, whether it's in free agency, or their draft, but, but brother, man, you got, you got three pretty good players on the defensive line right now. See what the starting, the starters are looking like right now with Hunter. Yeah. Now, it still leaves a lot to be desired with depth. They don't have a lot of depth there. We're talking True. starters. They still need to get depth. I think another thing that's being overlooked is what about the house band the Vikings are putting together? Tomlinson plays like six instruments. He plays piano. He plays guitar. <laughs> he's firmly entrenched as a singer. Stephen Weatherly plays nine instruments, dude. Him and Weatherly right off the bat. They got a killer house band going. The Vikings are putting together a rock band. Her cousins has made a couple music videos, hadn't he? <laughs> I don't believe you. You're not the truth. I see the world. What was his number one hit? I don't know. Don't sack me. <laughs> I think Kirk did a cover of "It Must Be the Money." <laughs> hey, must be the money. Hey, must be the money. So yeah, so between Vigil and. Um, and Tomlinson, I, I thought the Vikings are, are off to a, a fairly decent start. 
Uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot of a whole lot out, out of uh, Vigil. I mean, I just think he's kind of a, a plug and play replacement for Eric Wilson, um, kind of a depth guy. But with Barr and and Kendrick coming back, hopefully being healthy and um, and playing all season, I would I would think he's more more of a depth guy than anything else. I and mean, he plays at the level that Eric Wilson played. I, I think it's a pretty good don't, signing. Don't don't overlook Vigil because okay, third round pick from Cincinnati in 2016. Okay. He was coached by Paul Gunther, who took over for Mike Zimmer when he left to coach the Vikings in 2014. Gunther took over the Bengals. So he knows a lot about Nick Vigil. That's probably why he's here. Familiarity with the scheme. And as you know, Gunther just got hired by the Vikings last month. He did, yeah. He was the regional manager to the assistant manager to the defensive <laughs> the defensive consultant to the manager of the defensive line to the linebackers i think that's what his title is but in two years ago with cincinnati vigil was second on the team with tackles with 111 no kid. slouch he knows yeah second on tackles i don't know what happened when he went to san diego his numbers he went to san diego in 2020 last year and uh his numbers kind of fell off a little bit, but I think the fact that the, the defensive consultant Gunther is here now um, probably has a lot to do with why this guy, and he's cheap. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's important uh, in that regard, and, and I'm sure the Vikings still have uh, more moves to be made on the defensive side of the ball. But a couple offensive moves, um, running back Mike Boone is now a former Viking. He signed, uh, I think, a two-year, I want to say $6 million deal with the Denver Broncos, which makes a lot of sense when you consider former assistant Vikings GM George Payton is now the GM in Denver. Um, so we say farewell to Mike Boone. What does that do for running back three spot, though, Drew? What do you think? Uh, I, thought, I thought Boone was a pretty good player, but easily replaceable in my eyes. Do you, do you see now we've done our running back segments. That's, that's a few episodes back. Uh, I, I believe at the time I'd have to go back and check the video, but I believe at the time, both of us said uh, we think if the Vikings don't bring back Mike Boone, um, don't bring back uh, Amir Abdullah, who's not coming back either. Um, the Vikings are going to get those, that running back depth probably addressed in the, in the draft. I still believe that. I do. I do too. And, and the one guy, the one guy you mentioned, I believe was, was Chuba Hubbard. Was it not? Chuba, Chuba, Chuba. Yeah. He was <laughs> the number one running back a couple of years ago. He's he's 10 on my list this year. That's just because there's a lot of talent in front of him, but uh, he might be a guy that the Vikings can certainly bring. He'd certainly be a number three. He's already better than Boone. Let me tell you right now. You know who my guy is. Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is my guy. Sermon on the Mount. Which Trey, Trey Sermon on the Mount. Taking taking Clemson and baptize him and baptizing him in the river. Trey Sermon might be a Viking. They're definitely gotta draft a guy now. They'll yeah, draft I, a guy or they'll go undrafted free agent from Waffle Tech. I don't yeah. know. They got you'd think that this opens it up for certainly a draft pick mid round. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I'm thinking what, they've got two picks in the third round, two picks in the fourth round. I would be shocked if they don't use one of them on on a running back. But that's just me. Okay, so now there was one more signing that happened right before we came on the air. Was it really? There was. 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> you love him. You love to hate him. Listen. Wide receiver Chad Beebe is coming back for one more tour. <laughs> that guy sucked. Drew Bunning. Hey. <laughs> Well, we had said, we did wideouts. Uh, we covered the wide receivers two weeks ago. We said, like, B.C. Johnson and Chad Beebe, probably one of them is coming back. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what you want me to say about Chad Beebe. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. What was the cost on him now? One year, I don't even think he cost a million bucks. Which is a pretty good deal. But, like... I would rather have he I mean, had a couple of touchdowns, didn't he? He did. People who are defending the decision say you, you can't get a free agent. I don't think you can get a, a mid-round draft pick for cheaper than you got Chad Beebe. And here, here's my answer. I would rather have the Vikings field a roster of 52 players than 53 with Chad Beebe. Coach, need one more. My team's on the floor. <laughs> I, I would. I just would. Chad Beebe is football COVID. <laughs> he's football COVID. You think he's going away? And it's getting he's getting farther and farther in your view mirror. You're putting on your mask and your social distancing, and then bam, he's back. <laughs> He just win. doesn't go away. Winchester Mystery House all over again. <sighs> Why can't the guy stay healthy? I want to like. I want to like BB. I mean, he didn't have, he had a touchdown last year against Jacksonville or something. He had a, uh, yeah, Carolina. Yeah, late, Carolina, I think it was to win the game. Yeah, late. He has this like big career highlight moment. Good deal. <laughs> Woo! He is you beat a terrible Carolina team. They. Thank God we got Randall Cunningham to do a promo. Chad, <laughs> you know what, Ted? I'm going to go out to live and say Chad Beebe's never going to do one for us. I don't think he will. I just, you know. He's like a Fabergé egg. You got it's a little egg. You got to. <laughs> Remember that egg you had to carry around in high school? Yes. Was it a bag like, of flour? Bag of flour or something? No, it was like an egg and it was like your kid or something. If you broke the egg, <laughs> you failed. It failed like health class or whatever it was. Dude, I went to like nine eggs in a half a day. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry. That was, that was terrible. It's terrible. You're the Cunningham. You're the one that started this. You got our energy oh. up with that promo. All right. We're sailing, sailing, sailing right along here. Love it. I, like in, in yeah, all Bibi. <laughs> Bibi, yeah. Bibi's name, his jersey's going to be up here one of these episodes. For what? Where are they now? <laughs> we love you, Chad. Uh, the thing with BB for me, and I just, I just don't think him or BC Johnson are, are a viable WR three. I just like to see them find a guy in free agency and find a guy in the draft and, and be done with this time. A dozen. Let's move. Let's get better than that. Let's exactly. get better than BB and BC Johnson. Let's find somebody in the draft. And then 
make this wide receiver core the best in the NFL because it's right on the verge. All they need is that number three guy to come in to have defensive coordinators going, who in the hell are we going to cover? How are we going to cover these guys? Yeah. So, he needs no threat to anybody when he comes in. They don't care. No, they don't. I agree with you there. need to move out of comfort and start taking the bull by the horns. Is that how it goes? Taking yeah. the bull by the horns? Yeah. Don't mess with the bull, son. You'll get the horns. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. Now, there's there's one former player that, that I, I saw, and whether it happens or not it remains to be seen, but um, apparently former Viking Mackenzie Alexander, who went to Cincinnati last year, apparently the Vikings have an offer on the table for him. And I, as of this broadcast, 7.30 on a, what is today, Wednesday, first day of the league year, he has not signed with anyone. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on a guy like Mackenzie Alexander potentially coming back? Bring him back. Bring him back. Say it with me. Bring, Bring him back. <laughs> I would love to have Mac Alexander back here. Should never let him let him slip out the door to begin with. I think he's a good solid slot slot corner. He's he's he made a lot of plays for the Vikings. He's always around the ball. He's hey, always around the ball. I like get him back here. Hey, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is literally coming across the Twitter wire right now good evening this is channel four lead anchor willow tremaine with breaking news <laughs> literally right now from adam schefter 7 30 wednesday perennial pro bowl <laughs> cornerback patrick peterson has reached agreement on a one-year 10 million dollar deal with the minnesota vikings way way no way yes way yeah <laughs> Patrick Peterson, as we are talking about the draft and the and free agency, Patrick Peterson signs with the Vikings. No way. What are your thoughts on that? No way. Way. Man, wow, I, don't even, I don't know how awesome. to react. That's awesome. How long has he been in the league? Uh, I'd have to look. He's been in. Uh, I'll tell you what. What are your thoughts on Peterson's game as a cornerback? And I will look up his stats. I think he's the corner they always throw away from. I don't think they like to even go to his side. He's a shutdown guy over there. He has been. I just, I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but I remember when he hit the league, he was like superstar. Yeah. He's been in the league since 2011. And heaving it short of the 15-yard line, and that is intercepted by Patrick Peterson. Bradford on the fleet flicker, and he throws deep down for Brandon Lloyd. Dan's both lining up to the right side, and Brady has the ball tipped, and it is intercepted by the Cardinals. Started all 16 games for Arizona last year, uh, three interceptions. He's got uh, one career TD, 28 career interceptions overall. Uh, a huge veteran presence, sorely yes. needed uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. Patrick Peterson, one year, $10 million uh, per Adam Schefter. That's that's a huge ad for the Vikings secondary. Huge ad. Oh, Zimmer has to be stoked right now. He's got to be. Yeah. Fired up. Wow. That's really cool, Ted. You so, can interrupt me anytime during the show. That's, you know, to me, for the secondary, I mean, this is kind of a off script that we, we kind of do show notes and talk about. This is we're completely going off script here. But for me, now, you, we had talked about Mike Hughes and, 
Hughes' injury and, and just not being able to get it done. They didn't exercise his fifth-year option. The relative inexperience still with Jeff Gladney, Cameron Dantzler. What, what Patrick Peterson brings to that secondary room in terms of preparation, um, playing the game at an elite level, and now he can, he can kind of not only be a great player, but hopefully a, a mentor to those guys like, like Gladney and Dantzler, and even Mike Hughes, if he can somehow manage to get healthy and stay healthy. I, man, that just makes the Vikings, Vikings secondary a whole lot better right away. Exactly. Very, very well said. Think about this, man. I know Hunter's still question mark. Hunter, Tomlinson, Pierce, Kendricks, Barback, Patrick Peterson. The Vikings defense ain't going to be 29th next year. No some strides and he get Mac Alexander, throw him into the corner mix that if, if you tell me the Vikings come out of free agency with nothing else, but nothing else besides Patrick Peterson, um, Dalvin Tomlinson and maybe Mac Alexander, that's a win. Victory is mine. And, it, then, it just, land, and then land Hunter, get Hunter Reese and then you're done. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, and Daniil Hunter. So right now, you know, Daniil Hunter is, is the big question mark, but for those of you that love the player takes team references off social media headline crap, he put it all back on all his Vikings references are back on Instagram, apparently. So whatever. You know what I, I, like, just, you know I like best about that Patrick Peterson signing Ted. What's that? It's usually some third string guy from the Colts. We've never heard of. They never get the guy with the name. It's fun. We got the guy with the name. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's awesome. Know, it kind of feels good from that sense, too. So we'll roll with, with PP. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I'd i have to do some more research, but I'm pretty sure Peterson can play the slot as well. He plays outside. He plays the slot. Heck, at, at nine or ten years in the league now, I wonder if they might not even look at him possibly as at, at safety and if they can't get a guy like Anthony Harris back. I'm just I'm just throwing stuff out there. I have to do a little bit more research. Not Not sure on that, but hey. Not bad. And not, I wasn't not bad kidding when you, when you first announced it. He is a dynamic punt returner. Dynamic. Yeah, yeah he is. He had, he had, he's put him up there with anybody the last eight years running back punts. He can do it as high high standards as anybody with that. You know what? You, you mentioned, what, three picks last year? Yeah. That would have been our leader, right? I think it would have. <laughs> so Eric, Wilson, Eric Wilson had two, I think. But, yeah, I, I Dantzler had one. I don't think Gladney had any. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, I still have as many career interceptions as Chris Cook. So do you. Oh, come on. That was uncalled for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. So, yeah. At, Damn. Nice. This, nice. This, 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 show, this show is getting better by the minute. All right. Um, Good news, Smitty. I was going to say the Vikings had about $20 million in cap space. Um, they were still talking about doing restructures for Adam Thielen and um, uh, Harrison Smith, which would have gotten him to that $20 million mark. Not sure to this right now. We haven't heard anything on that. Um, so Vikings are pretty tied up against the cap, but I'm sure they're going to get deals done with, with those two guys. And wow, that's man, that's big news. Big news. Do you think Harris is going to be here? Yeah, I do. Oh, you I, do? I think he will. I, I think he will. Yeah. I think they're going to get something done. I think he'll be here one more year. I mean, I, I I could see why they wouldn't, but I just I think they I think they need him in the in the secondary for one more year. Is he? Can you call him and have him play full speed every play? Here, here, I'll tell you what. Let's go to break. 
I'll text him. I'll, I'll shoot him a text, and I'll see what he says. I don't want quarter speed Marvin Jones <laughs> running around circles around him again. All right. Great. This is really great. News. This is pretty cool. All right. So I'll tell you what. Uh, unless you got anything else, let's go to our commercial break, and then we'll come back for trivia and wrap it up. Okay. Let's do that. Ed White, you're one of the strongest men in football, but I'll bet you that one drop of Eastman 910 adhesive is stronger than you are. No way. It's been less than a minute, and even you won't be able to pull them apart. Oh, come on. If just one drop of Eastman 910 is stronger than Ed White, mm. imagine how it can handle the tough jobs around the house. Incredible. Ed? Mr. White? Eastman 910 adhesive. One drop is stronger than you are. You're reaching deep inside you Go! for things you've never known. It's been tough, rough going, but you haven't gone alone. We do more before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. Hey, First Sergeant. Good morning. You can do it in the Army. Or we can do Drew's offensive lineman from college oh my god <laughs> we didn't do free agents either okay oh. ruby can you fix this of course okay let's oh go holy holy crap uh, we got so yeah. excited about patrick we Hughes. did what are we doing dude be all you could be in the u.s army I think commercial is so stupid uh look <laughs> folks drew and i got so fired up over the patrick peterson news we completely forgot to do his uh his offensive position or the offensive highlight position group this week, which is guard. So we're going to do that now. But before we get to it, uh, I just saw a tweet come across the wire. Just a real quick synopsis on Patrick Peterson's career. Eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, 2010's All-Decade Team, 28 career interceptions, 91 pass breakups. Uh, turns 31 in July. Last really good elite season was in 2018. He's kind of slumped the last two years. Um, but I think he's still a great, great add to the Vikings secondary. Good yeah. job, Rick Spielman. And like, uh, like Drew said, we're kind of like blind men at orgies right now. We're just sort of feeling our way through because we don't know what's going on. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? But we're trying to get back on track, folks. And, I wouldn't and know anything about that. <laughs> and we are getting back to uh, this week's Position group, and that is offensive guard. Free agents, um, Dad. You see any you like? I'll tell you what. Let me pull up right now. And I'll tell you what. Let's just say for the sake of argument, um, with with Riley Reef going, and there's rumors that, that Bridge might not be burned. He might come back. But for the time being, let's just say Ezra Cleveland is going to get moved to left tackle. Okay. That opens up two spots at left and right guard, which I think open, widens the discussion for us. Um, you know, I would I – would, was going to throw out Gabe Jackson, but he just got traded traded to the Seattle Seahawks, I believe. Oh, he did. Um, yeah. But he did get traded. I, I saw it come across real quick while we were talking, but Good he player. did, in fact, just get traded. Um, you know, Pat Alfline signed a three-year, $13 million deal with Carolina, believe it or not. Wow. Um, but, I, you know, I see guys like Trey Turner. You know, Nick Easton's an old friend. We talked about him a couple shows ago. Uh, is there anybody in here – Brian Winters maybe stands out. I'm not sure. Is there any any guy that stands out for you on uh, these free agents, Drewster? Brian Winters. Brian Winters? Buffalo. I, I, I think he can play both guard positions. 
I like him. And also, since we're we know we know the one guard spot that's going to be gone is left guard for sure, regardless of what goes on with Cleveland. What about uh, I know he's a little old and he's been around the block a few times. What about J.R. Sweezy? He's a pretty good player. He plays left guard. So and then there's what about Lane Taylor? The guy that got the blew out his knee for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. It's always nice to get a guy from your rival to come over and play for you. I mean, Forrest Lamp is a guy I wouldn't mind seeing. Oh, that's my favorite of all all the guards is Forrest Lamp. I can't believe I didn't mention him first. I've been I've been screaming his name for a week. That guy's good. He's got that injury shit all behind him. Forrest Lamp had a he played every snap for the Chargers last year, every one. So yeah, those would be the guys I would look at. So there's there's potential targets out there for, for Minnesota for sure. Yeah, I still think they might be interested in a free agent guard because, you know, you like to have that experience. Currently on the roster, uh, the Vikings are showing Ezra Cleveland, Kyle Hinton, and and Drew Samia. And we've kind of set our piece about Drew Samia. Kyle Hinton's a real unproven guy. Ezra Cleveland, I you know, they, they could keep Cleveland at, at, at guard and, and look to get a tackle. I mean, there's the thing with the offensive line is it's in, in such flux right now. I, I just... Mm-hmm. You can make an argument argument to move Ezra Cleveland to left tackle. You could make, I think, just as valid an argument to keep him where he is uh, at right guard because um, he he wasn't bad there when when he was thrown into the mix. I didn't think for them. I mean, he was he was leagues better than Drew Samia for goodness sake. Wherever he's going to play better is where you play him. I mean, yeah. I don't mean to make it sound real remedial. I wasn't real bothered about. Well, they got a left tackle and then they made him a guard. If you get a starting out with this team, if you can get a starting offensive lineman that you draft that works out, I mean, you're already ahead of the game. So if you had your way, just your drug, Drew, Drew Bunning's preference, would you keep Cleveland at guard or would you move him to left tackle? Well, I, I try him out at tackle. I watched a lot of tape from Boise state on that guy playing left tackle. And he seemed dominant over there. He seemed like he had it down. He seemed real natural. His movement was, he dealt with the speed rushers really well. That was what he was best at was dealing with the speed rushers. Uh, I don't know whether they just haven't tried him out over there. He hasn't had enough time over there, but he can play some left tackle. If I had it my way though, like I said, I'd, I'd weigh out both of the options and wherever he plays better, even though guards, not as, as, you know, you don't think of guard as much as you do a left tackle. I'd probably put him at, put him at guard if he could if he feels more comfortable there it's all up to i mean with the vikings with the team it's better if he could be a left tackle if he could take over a left tackle then that's probably where he should play so let's let's get to your um draft picks then or your your draft board the big the big draft board for drew let's get to the big draft board we got guards today let me throw up the the centers board we didn't talk anything about the centers we're concluding them into the show there's the centers board uh, I kind of, we're not taking a center. I don't even think we're going to take one the whole draft. If we do, it's going to be late. Creed Humphrey, Landon Dickerson, your boy, Josh Myers for Ohio state. There won't be a center taken in the first round. And once you get down to about pick six or seven, then you start tailing off into the develop developmental guys. Vikings might take one late Jalen Fisher, uh, <clears throat> Doug Kramer from Illinois, pretty good player, but guards is what we're really getting into on this show tonight, Ted. Okay. Actually, I want to mention three names before we even do any of the guard stuff. That's Randall Cunningham, <laughs> Ed White, and Patrick, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. 
Now we're making some move. Now we're cooking with gas. Let's do it. Let's do the guards. Let's get to it. All right. Did you know in the last five, got tasty tidbit, we always lead in with the tasty tidbit. What's your tasty tidbit? Since 2016, which is 160 players taken in the draft. I did the math, so you didn't have to at home. (laughs) There has been only four pure centers go in the first round of all all those last five years of drafts. 2016 had one. 2017 had zero. 2018, the great Quentin Nelson, Hall of Famer to be with the Colts, took at number six. 2019, Jonah Williams that the Bengals took with number 11 out of Alabama. And then there was another one taken in 2019, who was Chris Lindstrom. We talked a lot about him. Remember, we were trying, we were thinking of him as maybe being a Viking target. Uh, the guy from Boston College, he went to Atlanta at 14. And then last year, there was zero. You don't see a lot of them taken real high in the draft. Usually, you see your first one go off the board at about 28, 32. Usually, your first guard will fall off the board late 20s, early second round, uh, unless they're Quentin Nelson who probably might have been the first, he could probably have been the first overall number one guard in the history of football. <laughs> so we will get to it. My research on my guards, I'll put the board up there. There we go. Boom. Bada bing, bada bam. And, and who, who do you have at the top of your board you're bunting? All right. We look at number 15. We're going to go backwards <laughs> today. So this is what we're going to do. Even though I know you're suffering from brain freeze right now, we're going to make you think a little bit. We're playing a game called Switcheroo. We're going to go. We're going to go 15 <laughs> to number. No, you're right. The best guard in this draft is Wyatt Davis from your Ohio State. Yep. You like that guy, Ted? You're probably really familiar with him. I, I do. I very, very good guard. Um, I think I think he's got a. a Equally good at run blocking and pass blocking. I, th- I think he'd fit well in a, in a hybrid zone blocking scheme. Um, it's going to be a perfect scheme if he comes here. This yeah, exactly I, what he does. I, mean, I think, yeah. I didn't I, really see anything wrong with his game at all. No, he, he was injured a couple times late in the year. He, he was injured a little bit in the Clemson game. The national championship uh, game. And I, I think he missed a chunk of time in the national championship game as well. He got hurt but, in there, and it's kind of hurt his draft stock a little bit, but not with me. Yeah. Watch his tape. Super athletic. I like how he can get out to the next level. But Davis is just as – if there's only one drawback on him is he could probably get a little stronger, which he will in the NFL. But fundamentally, that guy's the best guard in this draft, I think. Okay. Um, uh, people, people yell when I say Vikings might want to think about taking him at four. You can't take a guard that high. Well, if he's going to be a great player for you and start. And that, that was my next question. You, you asked me, you know, there's a lot of, a, a lot, a lot of value in, or, or the value of the guard position in the NFL today has really been downplayed in it. And, and people you find all over the place saying guards don't matter. And I would agree, unless your guard is Dakota Dozier and then who your guard is matters a tremendous amount. Guards um, matter. I don't, again, I don't know uh, if I would take him, like you said, take a guard in the first round, not, not at 14. I would consider if the Vikings trade down in yeah. the twenties. Right. Right. Okay. To get that extra second round. That would be, I don't think I would at 14 either. That's a big trigger to pull, but if they could trade back to 25, 22, get Davis there and then pick up their second rounder and kind of can kind of come full circle there. I, he's a really good player. Do you think really he'd be player. available in the in the early 20s, 22, 23, 24? I do. I do. Okay. I think he he will be 
be gone in the 20s somewhere. I, I think he'll go in the first round. Some people are saying, ah, Drew, he's a guard. He's, he's going to be pushed back to the second round. But we don't have a second rounder. If you want Wyatt Davis, you're going to have to work something out to get him. Did you know, tasty tidbit, can we get a noise for when I have a tasty tidbit? Can you work? <laughs> hey, wake up, you. <laughs> Did you know that great legendary defensive end, even though he's for the team from Wisconsin, Willie Davis, that's his grandpa. No kidding. Do you know who his father was? Uh, I, I, not off the top of my head, no. The great Dwayne Davis, the actor from Necessary Roughness in the program. Really? He was in Paparazzi. He was okay. in that Under Siege with that guy. What's that actor's dude's name? That Steven Seagal. His dad's a great actor, dude. So we got Davis, Davis, Davis. All, All right. Worked in a row. So Wyatt Davis, big shout out to him today. He's my number one board, number one guy on the board. Yes, it is a Buckeye. You can see look, Michigan hate mail piling through my text right now. <laughs> oh, they're angry as shit. Mike Hart just texted me. You're no longer a Wolverine. You know what? You weren't that good of a running back either. Well, he, he beat his Ohio State about <laughs> as often as you did. So whatever what, on what Mike Hart has to say. I'm telling him that. Let's see. <laughs> oh, here's one. Big Ben Cleveland. See him on my board, Ted? <clears throat> yes. Uh, got him as your number three guy overall from Georgia. Yeah, needs some work. Not that good in space. Not that athletic. I don't know if the Vikings Vikings will want him because of his slower movement out there. But he's a dominant run blocker, and he can pass block. He's not just one of these guys. You get a run blocker, and he gets run over in the pass rush. But you talk about – they talk Big Ben. Big Ben, Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh is not Big Ben. Big Ben Cleveland from Georgia is. Okay. 6'6", six, 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 354, Ted Glover. That seems like a – height and weight that does not appeal to the Vikings. They like the smaller guy, relatively speaking. I mean, 300 pounds is still a huge person, but they like guys in the 310 to 320 range that, that can get out and pull right. and get to the second level and block. So do you think he could be a guy, Ben Cleveland could be a guy the Vikings would still be looking at? I don't, I don't think they probably wouldn't be their first choice, but I like the players that have the high upside. Okay. And, uh, he really came on 2000 last year. He was first team, all sec. He's had 45 starts at Georgia. Georgia is no slouch school when it comes to the running schemes and running games. We know that from the past running back, look at the running backs they put through there. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have a lot of glaring problems or bad habits. Doesn't have a lot of bad habits of balance or being out of position or everything. He's not the quickest, most mobile guy, which will probably eliminate him off the Vikings chart, but he's a solid football player. And that's why I have him at number three. Okay. Big Ben Cleveland. Seemed like it would be a tackle, though, with that height and weight. But he he knocked some helmets off this year. He's a good player. Who He's else? Player. Who else you got? We got the sleeper, David Moore. Davey. Davey. Still in the Navy. And probably, <laughs> probably will be for life. And he's talking with David, who's still in the Navy. And probably will be for life. Sing us a song, you're the Glover man. Sing us a song tonight. No, big David Moore from Grambling State. All right. This guy, not very, no, he's not highly touted. You know, I see a lot of footage of him on the news. How often is Grambling State on TV, Ted? Uh, once a year for the, they, they've got the annual, uh, the bowl game. I can't remember. Yeah, they're, they're on about once a year. The about as often as Michigan is anymore.
Mayo Bowl. <laughs> Get this. 5'10", 320 pounds. What? Well, wait, wait, did you say 5'10"? 5'10", 320. We call him Torture Chamber. <laughs> Torture Chamber. He's... <laughs> David Moore, he's my sleeper guard, Ted. Get him okay. late. We can get him late, and we can develop this guy. He's probably not going to be a starter his first year. But if you can get a guy and develop him, and then the following year he has first-round talent, that's how you develop and move players around so you don't have to constantly go to free agency. My, my only issue with that, and, and I, I agree, if you can find a, a late-round gem and develop him, that's great. But the Vikings' track record in in Drafting it's and bad. developing late round gems has been just terrible lately. I, I mean, they've got, um, oh God, you know, it is bad. It is. Bad. I, I just, I, I, if they're, if they're looking to find a long-term answer at guard, I, I just would hope that they get a couple guys in free agency or go early in the draft. I mean, when they've gotten guys early in the draft, they've started them mixed results, but, it, but at least they were, on paper, NFL caliber guys, you, you could at least say, we'll throw them in and, and maybe they'll work out I, you guys. And, you know, guys like um, more, he's probably going to go on the practice squad if they take him. Yeah. You're definitely throwing a dart at the, uh, the bullseye here from a, a long distance, but I, I, this is what I like best about him. And he may be developmental, didn't go to a big school, but the guy gets so angry when he's playing. It's funny to watch him. He gets, he gets so angry when he's playing at the other team or mm-hmm. just in general. He's such an angry player that it often hurts his fundamentals. It makes him off balance. It makes him it ruins his leverage, his blocking stuff, because he's letting the anger get the best of him. But he play like he'll be playing really well, and then he'll get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. He plays really angry, but he likes to take the fight to the defensive lineman. Every time you see him in footage, as soon as the ball snapped, Forearm city, dude. He, he doesn't wait for the action to come to him. He goes after it. And I like that. You, you I know who's important with a player. David Dixon was like that. As I was say, you know, who you, who you just described in, Ed in, White. in my opinion. not, not Ed White was a lot more refined. He never lost his temper. Uh, you just described Anthony Herrera to me. <laughs> yes. He, he yes. was, he got Anthony Herrera. If, if he, if he kept his emotions in check, he was a fairly decent guard. He, he wasn't, gonna win every battle but but he won more than he lost but if you got him off his game and you got him pissed off he was he was swinging at everybody and getting penalties all over the place right and you you, sometimes you need that grit and that gets you over the top and David Morris got that when you watch him it's like damn this guy's like (laughs) this guy takes no plays off full motor man like me some David Moore but he's a sleeper like you said the Vikings haven't been notoriously good at developing people um, that's it for, oh, I'd like to mention number five, even though people are going to freak out and say, I already know he's a run gap power. He's a power gap offensive lineman. He's not a guy that moves in space very well. He's not very mobile. He's basically not what the Vikings are looking for in an offensive lineman, but I would be, what's the word repressed? What's it? What's it called? Uh, you would be remiss. That's see you're a professional so you bring it back out. around life is a flat time is a flat circle baby <laughs> you know i can't end this show if we're talking guards without talking about my boy quinn miners ted i now, can't i can't not talk about it. the guy is a beast he was the senior bowl superstar right wasn't this the guy yeah he came into the Reese's senior bowl and everybody was like 
who's that guy? All the players were like dissing him. And the coaches were like, oh, yeah, I guess you could be in a drill, too. You're, you're from Wisconsin Whitewater Division Three. Yeah, bring us the water bottles. And as soon as the practices started, he started pancaking the shit out of people. He was hurting guys. Guys were like leaving the, leaving the practices. He was the eye-opening guy at practice all week. Any position, any player. Quinn Miners did, a, did better there getting himself in a better drop position than anybody. The guy is going to be an awesome, awesome interior blocker at the next level. He will. He is, he is really good. He is really good. He gets his hands on you. He just drives you down. But, yeah, he was, a, he was the guy at the recent senior bowl. We mentioned that he hurt his foot and he couldn't play. Yeah. And then he was trying to get in the game. The Saturday when the game started, he wanted to play so bad. He was trying to figure out a way to get his uniform on and get in the game. <laughs> you know, that's and, – and I laugh, and I should because there are a lot of guys that um, – I don't want to say don't have a passion for the game, but but there are a lot of guys that are a lot more cautious when they get to that level um, about injuring themselves and all that. And th- there's not a lot of guys like Quinn Miners that will just eat, breathe, and think football 24-7. And everything I heard about him at the Senior Bowl is, is he is that guy. And and that's a guy you, – you give me guys, 53 guys with that kind of mental makeup towards the game, um, they're – you're going to have a pretty good football team. I mean, you got to have talent. I mean, you have to have talent, obviously, but, but if you have a guy that has that kind of attitude and, and, and mental approach to the game and is willing to work and get better, you're, you're going to have a pretty good player on your hand at some point. Well said Smitty. And let's not, let's not underestimate the small school guys. Remember in 2018, the cat named my boy, Alex Kappa from mm-hmm. state who went to the Buccaneers. Yeah. The guard. He was a third round pick in 2018 from Humboldt State. I think there's four, 49 people that go to that school. It was <laughs> Humboldt. Let me tell you what they do at Humboldt. You know, we'll go off air. I'll give you some Humboldt stories. Oh boy. <laughs> but the point is, Alex Kappa came out of there and dynamic player, one of the best offensive linemen for the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers, what did they just do? Just won the Super Bowl. So. Humboldt State, doesn't matter where you come from as long as you get the job done. And everything that you just said is perfect. It's perfect. Get guys with the attitude. So that does it for my guards. Uh, actually, do you know? We want to hear one more tidbit to lead out? Sure. Where did the, do you know the term guard? You know where it came from, right? Uh, the Praetorian Guard for protecting Caesar. I don't know. <laughs> Back in the turn of the century, when they had football, it was a very different kind of football. They still had centers and the centers were getting killed on every play. I mean, not just a phrase, they were actually getting killed. There was four or five of them dying every week because they had no lineman next to them. So they decided the football gods to be that were making the game. We're going to get a guy on this side of the center and this side of the center, and we're going to call them guards. And they're going to guard the center from getting killed. Really? To, to this day, the, the guard name has stuck with that position. Okay. I did not know that. I See, did my, you know what? I did boom. homework this week. Knowledge. That's where the term guard came from. Guard the center from getting his killed. Wow. Dropping knowledge bombs like B-52s over North Vietnam, baby. <laughs> Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. All right. So that wraps up the guards. Once again, thank you, Drew, for the, for the great insight. Um, because of the breaking Patrick Peterson news, we're, we're yeah. running a little bit long. So we're going to hold off on trivia. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back next week unless some more breaking news happens, but, uh, 
again, folks, I can't thank you all enough for the support. Um, our, our subscriptions are over 2000 now. I, I can't believe it. We're getting great traffic for our, every episode. We had a really successful live draft dry run. Can't wait to do it on April 29th. Um, again, for the Jersey, make sure you get your name in the hoppa. Yeah. The Jersey for April 29th. Um, write the secret phrase down when, when you see it on the, on the, uh, uh, on the screen and you're entered uh, and you can enter for as many shows. You can only enter once per show, but enter as many times uh, as you can up until Wednesday at noon central time is when the, the entries close. So uh, I'll let you take it home. Drew, we'll try and do better the next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching for the people subscribing to our show. Thank you to my co-host Ted for all the information and kind of directing me and keeping me from running into a ditch. always appreciate your help, my friend. Thank you. Tunes for the editing work this week. Thank you for Ed White. Yeah. Ed White. And how about Randall Cunningham, Ted? What's that? How about Randall Cunningham leading us in today? That was fantastic. I That was awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the show. We will try to do better the next time, and we will see you the next time. Meow, meow. Say goodnight, Ted. Goodnight, Ted. Goodnight, Ted.